0: Rooster and the Devil Podcast. Rooster and the Devil Podcast. Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League Soccer. With hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Carn, and Mike Steenstra. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. We're still new. We're trying to introduce the audience to ourselves, you know. Quick hits.
1: Yeah, I am uh, i I am the 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 devil portion of the rooster and the devil. Um, you know, we had a had an eke out a tie today against Burnley, but um, I felt pretty good about the way we fought back.
0: And uh, yeah, I am uh, Jimmy the the devil. Yeah, we we will definitely get into that game a whole bunch. Um, and now Brad.
2: Yeah, hi Brad Tyndall. I'm one of the roosters, if you will, one of the cockerels, and uh, just uh,
0: waiting until 3 o'clock p.m. tomorrow, Eastern Time. That is right. We have a big game against Watford. Should be interesting. I'm hearing that Sonny is back. Have you heard the same thing? I heard that he was back with his squad training today.
2: Poach said that he was very happy, as usual. Uh, he did say that he felt physically empty at the end of those Asian game matches, so little concerning, but we'll see. He said he might start on the bench, might start on the field, so we'll see.
0: I mean, either way, even having him off the bench would be, would be very nice. Better but than I Lucas am, uh, Moura right now. Absolutely. He is shit. He is shit. Uh, myself, I am Mike Steenstra. I am pretty new to the Premier League. I am a Tottenham supporter as well but new to everything. Um, So Jimmy, you talked about it earlier. I want to definitely get right into the man you game. That seemed like a really good game. I didn't get a chance to watch it. What was the
1: tone? So uh, let me give you my three minute synopsis. Um, I I think that, uh, so if you look back at last season, Burnley finished seventh in the premier league, they had a really good season, basically built on their defense and all those pieces are still there for their defense. Uh, Tarkowski and uh um, Ben Mee in the back um at center back, they are very solid. So Burnley coming into the game, they uh they're away, they're at Maine United, and they're set up clearly to try to at least get a point. Um and then early on in the second half, uh Andreas Pereira uh uh has a has a really bad giveaway about thirty five yards from goal. Uh Burnley is able to capitalize and go up one nothing, which is perfect. It plays right into the way they want to play right so they um after they scored that one goal, they literally had all eleven men like inside the eighteen defensively for much of the second half, and then they tried to break out when they can um, later on in the match, they were able to break out, get a, a spell of possession uh on the far side and um, the ball found his way in they got uh Chris Wood. Uh, was just barely onside, but he was onside and, um, had a great finish to put Burnley up 2-0. So, uh, the one uh, nothing alone was the first time that, uh, uh, Ollie Gunner has been down as a Man United coach. Um, and going down 2 nothing was very grim. Uh, late, uh, in the 80, 86th minute, um, Jesse Lingard goes down, admittedly kind of soft, but it was a foul. Uh, um, he was uh, Hendricks, I believe, grabbed him by the shoulder and pulled him back as he was attempting to shoot. uh Maynard gets a penalty kick. Pogba converts. So we're down 2-1, to one, a couple minutes left. Uh, they, they announced five minutes of stoppage time, and is pushing, pushing, pushing. Pogba has a, a great shot. Um, Tom Heaton saves, good save. Um, and then they swing a ball into the box. Alexis Sanchez gets on the end of it. Hits a really good header down low. Uh, keeper parries away and it just falls right to Lindelof's foot, and he is able to bury it. So it, it reminded of uh, um, and the pundits were all saying about it. But they used to call it a uh, Fergie time um, when Sir Ferguson was at Man United, um, just finding a way to get the goal when they need it at the end. And that's kind of what it felt like. So they were able to fight back and get a point. Um, I feel good about getting a point because just because I mean uh, under Mourinho, that team never fights back to get that point in that in that situation. Um, plus, Burnley, Burnley played very, very well. They're an incredibly professional, organized team, um, especially defensively. They played so well all game. Um, they probably deserve all three points, but uh, I'm happy with the tie um, and keeping the, uh, the the non-loss streak alive. So that is the synopsis.
0: Did you see anything tactically from oh, Uh You know that you noticed throughout the game? Especially down play, uh, playing down like this for the first time,
1: they the the way they were able to move the ball up the field. So early on in the game, uh, uh, Rashford actually stole the ball in his own end, probably um, just inside the halfway line, and plays uh turns and uh, immediately plays a quick ball up to Lukaku. Um, so like immediately looking to ball get the ball upfield on the counter attack, like push push push. Um, Lukaku is, uh, does what he's good at. You know he's able to hold the ball up makes a few moves, and Rashford runs into space, um, he, he should have finished it. It was, a, it was a great opportunity. He's kind of hit it off the outside of his toe and went wide. Um, but that sort of, like, that, the idea that as soon as we get the ball, especially against a team that's so well organized like Burnley, to be able to get up the field quickly before they're able to get in their defensive sets, those were a lot of our best opportunities. And um, that sort of mentality was kind of lacking, you know, underneath Mourinho. And um, it's been something that's, brought back underneath uh ali and it's been uh, it's been funner to watch it's been a, a better brand of soccer
2: so i i have a quick point to make here let me let me jump in let me jump in real quick i i have to say i have to say it's been a nice run and let me let me play the devil in this case <laughs> versus versus the rooster i like but that. burnley burnley are four off the drop jim i mean their 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 goal differential is i'm looking at it negative 20 um they've allowed 45 goals and this the big thing here is where was this this was at old trafford was it not
1: this was at old trafford yep um that is those are all good points um that's why i tried to start it with saying they finished seventh last year um you know they they have had a rough season um but i think um if you look at their form of late they were one of the um better form teams in the premier league coming in i think they had won I want to say two straight um, on the road coming into that game. So they are starting to find some of the form that got them, you know, into that top, um, uh, top 10 position last year. Um, some of that organized, uh um, smart defensive play that you expect from Burnley. Um, they show up in like uh, my, my hats off to them. They played incredibly well. Um You, you would expect Man United to win and get all three points at home, especially the way they've been playing. But, like I said, the, the the moral victory if you if you play that game is the fact that they were able. To, I do from from the 86th minute coming back um, down to nothing to get a point out of that. That um, that took. That was the first time they've been in that spot in a long time, and they were able to do it. So, um, yes, Burnley is struggling this year, but they played extremely well, and um, I'm just that like I'm happy to get the point.
0: How does that
2: affect poach watch? Oh, let's not even get it. I mean, give me a break coach watch with pochettino that's let's <laughs> we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna be those people I or
0: you know we're gonna have a, no 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 I'm just I'm well, curious about the situation the
1: full on you know no, no. will he will he stay or will he go but I, I thought it was interesting um you know if you if you want to read into coach statements um they made a, they made a big deal about it online I think bigger than it might be but um you know after last week when Tottenham you know fell out of two competitions in a short a short amount of my time sad week is a really painful week yeah the, the, the goal they said the goal is to finish top four um and compete in the Champions League and those are um those are aspirational and then absolutely
0: I'd rather see that too I don't care about FA Cup or Carabao Cup like I, I, I don't care
1: and that's and that's fine, but you know, being, if you want to talk about if we're talking about the coaching, if we're talking about the coaching here, right? Like he's a candidate for Man United. Sure, but we're not going to get heavy into it. Nope. this my, my last point, and then I'll let you guys speak because I, I tend to ramble. Um, is that Ali said that when he was asked the same thing, he said uh, we expect to win the uh, win the Premier League, win the Champions League. Those are those are what goals should be set. Like you should win those things and. I thought it like, I mean, as somebody who's trying to keep the job he has, it did seem kind of like an underlying shot at at Pope, which is probably unnecessary. But I thought was fun, and that's all I'll say about it.
2: Yeah. So what's what's annoying to me? What's annoying to me is this is every single year that Pochettino has been it's with because, Spurs, it's because he because has of the said these though, exact Brad. same things. I'll- oh, give me a break. He's been consistent. If anything. There's nothing to report because it's the same thing he's been saying for the last several years. It's one result. Bottom line, United are are only two off a top-four position. I think it's exciting for United. Let's focus on the results and the teams that are actually playing this year. Good for United. It's been way more fun to watch United games. Since United are shoved down my throat, it's been painful the last couple of years watching them because it's not an attractive brand of football, as we've talked about. They look completely different. Um, it's fun to watch, and it's good for the Premier League.
0: Bottom line, they're so good right now; it makes Jose and Mourinho just look like a complete fool, you know. Agreed. Indeed.
1: So, so let's move away from United. Uh, that wasn't the sure. only game today. Uh, City. We got to talk about City. Well, I will say, like uh, Michael, you you uh um you said that you watched most of that uh, or a lot of that Wolverhampton West End game. I didn't know. If we can kind of get your thoughts, you, um, sure. what, what you saw from Wolves? I mean,
0: let me uh, warn the audi- audience again here. I am a bit naive on soccer in general, but here's what I what I got out of it. I actually watched the first half, and then I had to go pick up the daughter from daycare, so I missed, like, I don't know, 50, 55th minute to, like, 75, 75th minute, but that's where two of the goals were scored, so I, I missed the first two goals, but... For the first half, I mean, just the way the wolves handled themselves was so superior to West Ham, it, it was ridiculous. Um, just did whatever they want, moved the ball quickly. What I think they lack the most from what I can see is just the, f- the final, third, the finishing there. They just they don't have the creativity in front of the box, but they have control of the, in the entire game. It was, it was pretty interesting to watch. I mean, I haven't really watched much of uh, wolves. And I have actually watched a couple West Ham-United games for some weird reason. But I I don't know. It was clear to me, even from the first half, that the Wolves were just knocking on the door. They are just waiting for that first goal to go in. And then boom, boom, boom. Um, Yeah, so that's—I did get to watch uh, Neves, like you guys told me last week, which was pretty good. But I was actually impressed with the the guy on the Mexican national team. I forget his name. Do you remember his name, Jim?
1: Yeah, uh, Raul Jimenez. Oh uh, yeah, played striker
0: for Wolverhampton, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I looked him up a little bit and it looked like he started at Club America and Liga MX and then spent time at Benfica. Uh and then is where he is at now. And I just really liked the way he played. Um he did a good job in the attacking end of the field, uh, controlling the ball and distributing, and he had a couple of chances of his own. So I, I definitely liked watching you know, a Mexican player played, too. I, I thought that was kind of fun to see.
1: What about uh, what about you, Bradley? Did you watch any, any of the games this afternoon? I know you said you caught the tail end of the United game.
2: I did. I caught a little bit of the Newcastle and Man City game and then part of the Man United and uh, Burnley match as well. Um, tried to watch a little bit of the Brighton and Fulham match because that one is very interesting to me. I love Brighton just from FIFA days. And then Fulham, I, I think they have enough talent to to make it out of the drop zone, but they just have continued to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, so I've been keeping an eye on where they're at. But the Newcastle-Manchester man City match was... Wild. Uh, They had the penalty. I was able to watch that. And then City really didn't look that threatening. Even the last 15 minutes, they had five extra minutes um, for injury time and didn't really do a lot. Normally you see so many chances from them. I don't know. Uh, It was it was at, you know, St. James Park, Newcastle. um, But still, you normally see the killer instinct from them. And I mean, you
1: know, Liverpool could go what? Seven, eight up. I think so yeah, they could go seven up um with a win. Um I didn't get to watch the Man City game, obviously. Um I love hearing that they lost. Um I I watched the highlights. It it looked like they did have a couple opportunities, um uh get called back. Uh, that first goal is scored in twenty seven seconds into the game. Um and they had one they had one like the sixteenth minute they got called back. Uh, but I, uh, the point that I heard, um, I think Kyle Martino made this point and, um, I don't always agree with a lot of what he says, but I thought it was a good point that, um, Man, Man City is a machine, like they're a fine tuned machine, right? Uh, and like what he was saying is that as soon as that machine, like, um, isn't running the way it's supposed to, um, like they, they can't like flip a switch and, you know, go all out of deck like, It has to be perfection every time. It has to be the same. Style because they're so it's so ingrained in the way they play that uh if um if it doesn't fit that style then it doesn't work so they're not like they're not able to change in that sense i thought that was a good point um where you have seen liverpool kind of do some of that this year they've lost to
0: now newcastle southampton it, crystal palace they've lost some very very unusual games palace at home i think it was palace at home maybe <laughs> yeah. not so is it possible they're just not that good? I mean, not that they're not that good. They're still a very good team, but is it clear? They're that just Liverpool... not the Freaks they were last year. Yeah, is Liverpool the clear favorite?
1: It's it's true for a lot of sports, right? Like, it's hard to repeat. Like, uh, we haven't had a repeat uh, champion in the Premier League in a, in a long time. Uh, well, I mean, since, like, uh, um, I want to say either Chelsea or United were the last to do it. Um but yeah, uh, you know it's just hard to repeat. And I, I like, it's not like set like seven points isn't insurmountable, and Liverpool is not infallible either. I mean, that that Crystal Palace team that we're making fun of City for losing to, uh Liverpool almost lost to them at home um, as well to so that Crystal Palace team. They I mean, they won four three about a couple weeks ago. So it's um, it's it's a parody of the league, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Actually, actually today too, um, that transitions nicely. To the Crystal Palace—they're actually pretty close to the drop zone, which is definitely a crazy thing that wasn't predicted before the season, right? Well, who has? Uh, does anyone
1: have the table pulled up? Like I think that there's yeah, I, I do. have I do. got like, pulled up. There's yeah. only like six six points separating between like the eighteenth uh, and like what twelfth or something like that.
2: Burnley and Burnley, yeah, it would be, yeah, it'd be pretty close to that, Jim.
0: Fulham got points today. Burnley, Newcastle, that those are some very meaty points right now. I'm surprised Palace is that
2: far down honestly, but I always forget and and again, this is part of being new to following the Premier League, but there are only 20 squads um you know out there. So even a West Ham who's had I think a resurgent season, at least more Hope than they've had in recent years is you know in eleventh sitting sitting in eleventh position right at right ahead of Bournemouth, and and then like Jimmy said, there's not that much of a drop down to seventeen, eighteen, Southampton
0: and Cardiff. It's tough. It seems like these teams in relegation zone can go on little runs and that's what saves their season almost. Like Southampton went on like a little a nice little streak of wins, capped by that uh, Man City win.
1: So they, I feel like they kind of have to ride these little hot streaks to get out of there. Even though, like at the beginning of the season, like everyone can kind of like jockey around this pretty close, but uh, eventually, um, in most seasons, you'll see the top six kind of rise to the top. I think the top six right now, I think Man United is currently ten points ahead of seventh place, which is Wolves. Yeah. Um, so like those those top teams are taking points, and so when those bottom teams like play each other. That's when they started to cannibalize each other, and that's when you start to see, like, those runs, like, where where two or three wins in, like, a five-game stretch is huge. Like, it's monumental, especially when you're talking about, like, the number of positions you can jump. Um, But, yeah, uh, I mean, I think uh, Sunderland, um, Bradley's uh, favorite documentary team, um, did that for a couple seasons where they, like, just narrowly, like, they'd be you know, five points back at Christmas and dead last place, and somehow escaped the drop. Like they did it for a couple of seasons before it finally caught up with them. But um, it's always it's always interesting to see those those battles. They like some years they become more interesting than the actual you know title trace. Like last year, Man City ran away with it. It was you no know, contest. the The relegation battle was way more fun to watch than the yeah, than, uh, yeah. the title chase. Every team plays
0: so hard. I mean, I think that's kind of what drew me into the Premier League too is just there's no part of that schedule that's weak because of you know both teams on either end are are fighting for something always and I think that's incredibly interesting I I think relegation is just amazing and you talk about Newcastle yeah
2: and promotion Newcastle right with that win a huge win against maybe the best second best team in the in the league is now on 24 points. Which they points. think they're
0: going to get zero points for, you know? Right, exactly. just putting and that on their schedule of zero points.
2: They'd be next up to be into the drop zone at 21 points, two ahead of Cardiff in 17th place, if not for their win today. Yeah. Now they're up to 14th. They're feeling like, Jump hey, we can spots. overtake Brighton. You know, I mean, and it was fun to watch, honestly. Um, my experience so far... They've got Tottenham on Saturday. They do. They do, that's right. I was going to go to that match, actually. I still might. Probably not, but Newcastle, the Magpies, I think, right, Jim? The Magpies?
1: Uh, yeah, i They got a couple different nicknames,
2: but yeah, yeah. Why so the Magpies? I don't, I still don't sure know the reason the for that pies? nickname. But <laughs> now, Michael, they've been awful. They've been awful since I've been like bottom, bottom-ish, fighting, fighting, bottom-ish. And I thought they yeah. went down for a year at some point recently, Jim. But bottom line, it was f- okay. They did, so it was fun to see. St. James Park, that that stadium, the fans were, it was just great scenes afterwards. It was just fun to see. They were thrilled. You know, they didn't rush the court like in America or anything, but you could just tell it made their week, maybe their month, to beat City. And that's why it's fun.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I actually caught the tail end of that game myself. And Man City, was, ooh, they are close. They are real close to equalizing. So one thing I
2: was hoping we could transition to at some point is the U.S. men's national team, just real quick, just to hit on maybe maybe what we thought. Maybe we each a minute or two on what we thought of the performance against, uh, was it Panama?
0: Sure. But first, Michael, I ahead. mean, since we were just talking about Yedlin, Yedlin saw the field today. I, love, uh, I actually love that he's playing on... Newcastle it's kind of funny you get to see him every once in a while. Um but US Men's National Team, I mean have you heard about what the January camp is, Brad? I mean not much other than it's primarily
2: MLS developmental
0: players who've come through MLS. Okay. Yeah, so and it's like it's off of the FIFA schedule which uh so there's no other teams on international break, you know, right. like European teams aren't. So that's why it's all of our uh I mean Quite frankly, it's players that will probably get one or two caps for the U.S. at all. Some of them. Um, but with that, I mean, that's a really bleak picture. They, they definitely had players like Dempsey was playing in January camps and stuff. So it's not completely useless. Um, so I feel like I'm just shitting on U.S. Yeah, Main's wow. That was right a now.
2: really dark turn. You know, what? maybe we won't talk know, about it at all.
0: God. no. Uh, uh, so I, I did actually watch a lot of the game, and uh, it was fun. I mean, they got a they got the win three zero, and Panama was one of the teams that went to World Cup instead of us. So it still felt good to beat them. Um, that first goal it was a guys' first cap. I, Jimmy, do you know his name? What was his name? Um,
1: the guy who scored Malakovic. Mil- 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 Mil-. I can't pronounce it, but um, yeah, the midfielder guy, yep. from he plays he plays for Chicago Fire. Yeah,
0: took a deflection. The thing was going right in the center. So then, I don't know. I didn't get to enjoy that goal as much as I should have. Um, <laughs> and Agreed. then I think I went to bed actually for the second <laughs> half. Now that I'm thinking about it, so I didn't get to watch much of the second half. But Michael Bradley out there was interesting. So the the
2: second goal was actually pretty sweet. What happened? I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was uh, Lima, oh, yeah. I believe it was Lima a center defensive mid, small guy, and he came up and made an outstanding open field tackle on a guy who was uh, shooting up the wing from Panama. Not only won the ball, like full-on slide tackle, takes him out, perfect tackle, gets up and grabs the ball and brings it up the pitch and kicks in a sick cross. Um, And I think it was Zardes, perhaps, who had hit it. No, maybe it was was one one of the strikers. But at any rate, it was a great ball in just fun to watch him finish a move like that. So that was kind of fun.
0: Cool. I like a good goal. I'm I mean like I said I'm even though I crapped on it for a minute or two there, I am a big national team fan. So that's cool. Jimmy, did you watch it all?
1: Um I caught like a little bit of it. Most of what I watched was on highlights. Um I uh uh I don't put a lot of stock because of that because it is that camp. Um uh, actually, Tyndall, I don't know if you remember him or not, but, uh, a kid that we grew up with, I grew up playing with, um, Eric Alexander was in one of those camps one year. So I think he only has three or four caps to his name, um, just through a January camp like that. But, um, you don't put a lot of stock in it because a lot of those guys aren't the guys that you're going to see in, you know, uh, what's the next one? End of February, March, the next actual international break where you're going to see, um who he actually pulled in, and you might not see ninety percent of those guys, so it is cool to see i mean I don't know if the setup will be the same, you know like tactically um if, who he's limited with um I will say Michael from your text uh I think it was yesterday um you were talking about Kellen Acosta um for the Colorado rapids um was the rumored to be uh a transfer uh, um Yes, his champion. for interest from, yeah, for the championship. And it's interesting to think that he got sent home from that camp. He didn't even, he didn't play um, for the team. He got sent home from that camp um, as one of the cuts. So it's it's interesting that that was a January camp where we're talking about some of the weaker guys. And Acosta. at one point, everyone thought he was, like, one of those players of the future, and he didn't even make it to that camp. So,
0: So that's the last thing I wanted to talk about was players abroad. We can get to it. Players abroad. I mean, Bundesliga is where we have the most action. I actually caught a few games. I saw Tyler Adams' first game for uh, RB Leipzig. Leipzig. Yes. looked great. Yes. He looked, he looked fantastic. He is and fantastic. I, I read a, an article in uh, like a German article. Google Translate as I was reading, but it had all positive to say, positive things to say about our boy. What is he? Nineteen. Nineteen years yep. old. Yep. He's
2: going to be outstanding. He is uh, my centerpiece, not to go back to FIFA again, but he's my centerpiece currently at Center Defensive Mid for Derby County, and we are leading the Premier League, and he's a beast. Tackling, athleticism, sprint speed. He's just a
0: freak athlete, and smart is what they say too. That was going to be my rant. but You know, you just reminded me of something. I, uh, I met an Arsenal fan last week Saturday, gross. and I asked him how he became a fan, and he said FIFA. Fair enough.
1: I was like, ah, there you go, Brad. There's a point. Yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of American <laughs> people, like I said um, in our first episode, uh, you didn't get to watch a lot when we were kids growing up. You didn't get to watch a lot. a lot of people. It was through FIFA and playing FIFA.
2: I disagree with the Arsenal fan.
0: <laughs> the Arsenal fan was a, he was a comedian actually. Uh, he's got to be. I said, I said, listen, buddy, the only joke is the gunners. <laughs> ah. Dude. Very good. Sorry. That was dad joke. You are clearly a father because
1: that was a wicked dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. All right. So Josh Sargent also in action for Werder Bremen. Did yeah, you say that? Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen. Yep. Werder Bremen. I, looked, I, looked, I looked at the table, and they were like, and uh, somewhere in the 11 to 14 range. But I don't think he did much. I think he came on as a sub, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was a cameo. I don't think he was even on for that long.
0: Yeah. So that's the concern, right? I have a huge question for you, Jim. What is the deal with Christian Pulisic's playing time? Why is he not playing for Dortmund. Dortmund?
1: Um, two things at this point. A, um... And, uh, not to be sacrilegious, but he's not one of the three best attacking players on the team. Um, he's not gonna beat Marco Royce out for a starting spot. Um, yep. he's not gonna, he can't play center striker, which they've kind of been playing like a false nine almost. As, uh, I think Mario Goethe played, um, striker, even though he's more of a center attacking mid. Um, Jaden Sancho, um, from England is a fantastic player. Um, he's gonna get the starting time. All right, so, this, uh, the last, last point about foolish fish is that, like, well, the play is also good. He is very, very good. He's very talented. Um, he should be playing time, but also, uh, Dortmund already knows that they sold him and they're going to get the money in the summertime. So it makes more sense for them, um, when they have the opportunity in league to play guys that are going to be there for the future, especially with as much young mm. talent as they have, um, yeah. than to invest in somebody that's already gone. Um, mm. uh, Sancho is a fun experiment because now if you look, um the German league is like snatching up uh like under twenty one and under nineteen um english players like like uh gangbusters um the 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 most visible one recently is uh um Bayern Munich's pursuit of um Callum Hudson-Odoi o'doy from uh from Chelsea which is gonna be put off till the summertime um but there you know he's another under he's he's eighteen years old for chelsea incredible player and Bayern Munich, they're going all after him. So, uh, for whatever reason, right now uh, Germany seems to be interested in buying young English talent. So it's a it's a weird uh, weird how that works. I think it's just hard yeah. to find time in the Premier League. The Premier League is yeah. a rich league; they buy a lot of good players. And these young guys want to play, and the Bundesliga offers them a spot to play, just kind of like you know the Americans that we're talking about.
0: Is um, do you think Dortmund is a Champions League contender?
1: I don't see why not. They're playing they're playing like a soccer.
2: Only problem is they won't get through the round of sixteen. I mean, but yeah, otherwise. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Harry Kane yeah, baby. come back.
1: Come back.
0: Baby, come back.
1: <laughs> I really wish Harry Kane was playing. I wish I wish him and Dele oh, Alli were were healthy for that. Because I think that Tottenham Dortmund match would have been a fun like a fun game to watch. That's what, like we're talking about like Pretty attacking, pressing high up the pitch uh football. Um I was looking forward like as a as a soccer fan in general, I was looking forward to watching that match. Um, it's gonna be a little more cheap now with those injuries.
2: It'll still be fun and it was fun last year in the group stage. That was still a good time. But you're right. You're right.
0: Yeah, I love those uh I love those two legged battles. They're yeah, great. good times.
2: Good times. Looking forward to it.
0: Is it um, similar to FA Cup where away goals are worth, or how it used to
1: be in the FA Cup? Yep, away goals. Like if, Car- a- Car- Car-
2: Carabao, you're thinking Carabao Cup with the semifinals. because the FA is single elimination.
0: Yeah,
1: whatever. Get those cups confused. I'm new. It is. It is away goals that worth more though in the Champions League. So, um, you definitely want to try score away.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you're away from your home, you want to just, you know, put the ball oh in it. What you want to do, guys, is score more
2: goals <laughs> than the other squad, and I think that's a good strategy. Yeah, ideally, hundred percent. Win. All right. So, what are we games. looking forward to?
1: Someone needed to give this talk to Mourinho. You guys want to talk about your matchup tomorrow a little more in depth? Um, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know you guys mentioned uh, Sun, but like, what do you guys see tactically? for tomorrow he's no, Walker. has been it's playing you, Todd Brad. all year. This is you, Brad. Well, it's a test. I, I think
2: that we're excited about some uh, players returning from injury. Wanyama looked absolutely awful uh, at the weekend, but at least he's back. At least he's another body. We just need bodies at this point. Dyer still looks very rusty, but I think Eric will will kick it up, hopefully. Um, we have Harry Winks if we need him. He got to take a rest which is always a good thing. I, I don't know. I, I think that Son, uh, if he starts, will essentially play in a Harry Kane role. Um, Erickson obviously will be back. He got a rest as well, which is only going to be helpful. But I, I don't not excited about it. Him and Sonny could win the game. They could win the game for the time. I would They're agree. Enough. Yeah, there's enough there, but you know, Watford is no joke, though. Watford but the is no joke. level. As that's low. all I'll say. And I believe yep. this is at Watford. I could be wrong, but I thought that Watford beat us at Wembley, um, and so Vicarage Road. That's right, the Elton John stand at Vicarage Road. Uh, yeah, most famous uh, fan there, Elton John. But I, I, I think Watford's it's at great. Wembley. It's at Wembley. Okay, so I'll take Spurs two one in the end. Uh, but Watford's no joke. I love Troy Deeney. I actually did a FIFA season with Watford. <laughs> um, love, love Troy Deeney. He's one of my favorite players, actually. And they're no joke all around. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into this assuming that we're going to take care of business. But I'd sure hope that we would. What do you like about this Deeney fella? Dini is a center forward. I mean, Jimmy probably knows more, but he's a big, bulky guy. He's stocky, uh, probably like 6'2", though. He's a big dude. Um, reminds, reminds me of uh, Marco Arnautovic from West Ham a little bit. Kind of marauding, throws his body into people, and he's got a powerful shot, and that's pretty much it. He gets a hold of one, and it's in the back of the net. He's, he's, he's a good effort player, and I think he's been with that club for a long time. So I always wanted to see him
0: do well. Neat. I'm gonna go two zero. Spurs. Actually, do you remember last week we made some predictions? And, and I called, called that Newcastle. 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 <laughs> Man-, Man-, Man City
1: You did. That is <laughs> wild. Well, oh well. Are you? It's, it's here. Very, very impressive.
0: <laughs> um. So tomorrow, what else we got on the? Dock here Leicester, Liverpool Ooh Although that's probably and A Liverpool win yeah. handily
2: I heard ESPN FC say Oh, I think this is the one That does him in uh, At Leicester I think this is his last match And They're thinking Liverpool's just gonna dominate But Leicester's come up With some good matches this year I think they played City tough uh, I seem to r- recall them Beating Chelsea But maybe that was a dream And you never know if it's, a, if it's at King Power, if it's at Anfield, obviously we can't pick Leicester.
1: Well, hey, Liverpool aren't invincible. Like I said, we just talked about this earlier about how uh, Crystal Palace took them 4-3, um, took him right down to the wire. So, I mean, anything's possible. Uh, well, I think it should be like a fun attacking game. Like, Leicester has been... Jekyll and Hyde this season. They played really well against good teams, and they played awful against teams that they probably have more talent than. Um, where they where they hovering around right now? Ten, something like that. So I mean, Leicester are tenth on
2: the bat. Yep.
1: Yeah, so they uh, they definitely have talent. I mean, um, they still have Jamie Vardy up front who who can score goals, and uh, you know uh, they have. Uh, a couple of good ball-winning midfielders, and then, um the, the, the defense. Uh, Harry Maguire obviously was a hot name for another World Cup. Kind of cooled down a little bit. Um but he's still a very solid player.
2: Still like Harry Maguire. yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think this game will be closer than advertised. Uh, but I, I gotta, I mean, at Anfield, is, is it Anfield to clarify that? Either way, I, I think Liverpool gets the win. I'm gonna say 2-1. to one.
2: Fair enough. That defensive record of Liverpool is what freaks me out the most and why I think of that they're a shoo-in for the title. They've only allowed 13 goals.
1: How many guys? They're, they have a right-back problem right now, right? So, like, uh, James Milner has had to fill in it right back. Um, uh, Fabinho, who's another midfielder, had to fill in it right back. I mean, I think Alexander-Arnold and uh, Joe Gomez have both been suffering injuries, and then they let Nathaniel Klein go out on loan to Bournemouth. Right. Um, so they are, I mean, if anything, that's got to be the weakness is that right back. But Milner played at left back, I want to say, two or three seasons ago for the entire season. Um, he's just a, a professional player. He's not excellently talented at outside back, but he, he he can play there. So
2: I really dislike him, but I respect him. He's good.
1: Absolutely. Solid player. Yeah, Liverpool, you, unless he's you know.
2: Exactly, exactly. Kind of like a, uh, who am I thinking for Chelsea? The captain drove me nuts. Just a dick, a huge dick. Help me here. Frank Lampard, Lampard.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <sighs> yep. Uh, another uh, yeah. British guy, the same same mold. You got to like Lampard a Very little cool. bit more, right? Because he's their coach? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. Very true. Yeah. The a fair uh, point, Jim. It's a fair point. No, I mean, uh, speaking of derby, I don't know if we want to go that, that direction. I don't know where, where we're at as far as, uh, time here. But, uh, I did watch some of the FA Cup over the weekend. Um, it is one of my favorite competitions because it brings out, uh, even more so than like the League Cup, Ingles uh, Cup, FA Cup brings out like the small club storylines. Um, some of the games that I watched, like, uh, uh, Derby County versus it was accrington Stanley at accrington Stanley. It was yeah. like a five thousand seat stadium, like dirt patches all over the place. It, it was, it was fun. Like it, <laughs> it, it was fun. It was it was, it was gross in, at times, but it was it was still really fun to watch. Um, and like to thank yeah. guys, thank you guys. Yes, Wimbledon getting a win. Uh, who else? Was, what was the other upset? A well, Wimbledon upset and oh, Tottenham.
0: Yeah,
1: Palace. Yeah, Crystal I mean, Palace. Though that's not. Well, no, crazy. Uh, I'm sorry. No wall. No wall was there ever. Um. So like those, like watching those clubs go on a run. Um. There's always fun. Man. Green, like like green watching orange. games of those pitches. What was uh? I think it was a couple of years ago. There was a team from the National League, which isn't even um in the Football Association. And Arsenal had to go play there. Um, this was a game where like the, the backup keeper was like 42 years old and like went down the street at halftime and got like, uh, uh, <laughs> got like a pie and like ate it on the sideline. For, like for something to do with the bet. But like that stadium that was, was like, it, it looked like, it looked like a, like a high school stadium you'd see, you know, in the States. It was, it was wild. But to see, you know, a club of Arsenal's level playing against a team. Like that, oh um, man! That's all. That's stuff you only get in FA Cup, and that's why I, I love that competition a lot.
0: Huh, you have completely changed my mind on it. I think. Agreed, and
2: <laughs> Michael should watch Green Street Hooligans because wall is involved in that in that movie, and it's very entertaining.
1: You said this West is on Ham Prime, and in that fight this week, this weekend, uh, there was a fight that broke out between Millwall and Everton fans. I think somebody got like slashed in the back or something like that. Jeez. Yeah, I heard that. It's
2: crazy. That's what that movie's about, Michael. It's pure gold, I'm telling you.
0: Are they, like, bad, bad people hooligans?
2: I mean, you just gotta watch the film. It's, <laughs> it's the worth film. a watch.
0: That's my homework for this week, is to watch Green That's Street your homework. Hooligans. You said it's on Prime? That's right. So...
2: So speaking of uh speaking of homework, should we move on to our rants and wrap things up? Yeah, I think that's wise. Okay. I don't really have anything off off topic, but Michael, maybe it's your turn. <laughs> uh
0: perhaps it is. Um
2: has to be related to soccer some way, somehow. But you can stretch it, you know. Get
0: right. Creative. I I might need a
1: second to think if one of you wanna start. We ranting. could talk
2: about Cristiano Ronaldo, you yeah. know. Let me give uh, let me give
1: like let me give like a thirty second rant while Mike goes uh, thinking of his. All right. Um. So in the United States, whether or not you like the NFL and American football or not, the Super Bowl is kind of more than just a game, right? It's an event. Um. I coach. Like I said, I coach a club team, and through their almighty wisdom, um, the team mom uh, rented us indoor space to train in because it's you're like three feet of snow outside. Uh, rent this indoor space to train on Sunday of the Super Bowl at 8 p.m. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, I don't even like NFL football that much, but it's an event. Like, there's, there's, there's got to be a better time. So, That's hopefully there's enough time for Mike to uh, uh, to go ahead and rant about something more relevant, but I was, I'm still in general about that because I just want to eat nachos and drink beer and watch big guys running at each other so
0: Super Bowl is pretty pretty great no one can deny. I wanted to actually spend my rant I, I thought of a good one. I got a, I got a really good one and it stems from last week because when I was mentioning why I like the Spurs I left out Ericsson. How do I do that? Ericsson is my favorite soccer player. No doubt about it. He's just beautiful to watch. He is word, Tottenham's main cog to their machine. If he left, I'd be devastated, and I think Tottenham would really struggle. Um, but he just has he oozes class, as they say. The dude is just a ballerina out there, and that's my rant.
1: Quality. He has low,
0: uh, so quality, oh, two
1: hundred million dollars. Is that what Tottenham quoted Real Madrid? Two hundred million pounds or two fifty, baby. 250.
0: He's worth it. Yep. He's so good.
2: Yeah, so they backed off. I think that he may leave. I think that he may leave. Oh don't say it. I know. I love him so much and I love his character. I love his demeanor. He's Danish and I watched Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, random side tangent, but he he went to Yeah, he went to Denmark and their whole culture is about basically not the opposite. The anti-bragging culture is, is how I would just quickly wrap it up. They are anti-bragging. You don't talk about yourself. It's, it's not, you know, something that's acceptable to do. So you, that you pick up on that in his interviews. He's very matter of fact, talks about the squad. He's a great guy and he kind of keeps to himself and then just goes out and shreds people on the pitch. But I think he may go, if he does go, I think you know with a year left on his contract. If it goes happens in the summer, then you're looking at hopefully 100 million euros, and we can go buy two really great quality players with that, um, or one really badass player and have a little left over for the net spend. But that's fair. You know, e- either way, either way, he's high quality, IX yeah. player who came over, and we, it's been a great run with him. I I really hope that they hang on to him. That would be my rant for the week. I'll just jump on Micos.
0: Well, thanks for tuning in to Rooster and the Devil this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our second episode. If you did like it, definitely hit us up on Twitter at Rooster Devil. Um, yeah, and we'll see you soon. Welcome Goodbye. To Rooster and the Devil, a soccer podcast where we talk about the Premier League. But we'll also talk about the U.S. Men's National Team. And whatever kind of soccer we want. And don't let the red devil take your soul.
1: Pochettino is ours, Lee.